0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are you all? So today is an exciting day because we're launching our new series. So this new series is called Influence. And, you know, this year we've said that Flourish is our theme. In our very first series, we looked at um, our vertical relationship with God And how do we flourish in that relationship with God? And this series, we're looking at our horizontal relationships, which is all of those people around us, our friends, our colleagues, those people we lead. So this is a three-week series. So make sure you don't miss it. It's a short series. Make sure you're here for all of them. It's going to be good. I'm praying it's going to be good. (laughs) Get excited, guys, because this is about us reaching out to others. We weren't made for ourselves. You know, we were made for God and for others. Okay, so I want to encourage you today to really lean in and hear not what I have to say, but what God has to say to you in this place. He has something really special for each and every one of you. And I just want to encourage you to lean in and hear what it is God has for you today. Amen. Amen. So this series, this is about the book of Ruth. Okay, who loves the book of Ruth? I do. Nice, short book. You can read it in one sitting. It's a great story. But you know, it's a normal story. It's pretty normal, found amongst books like Esther, which is the other book named after a woman. Exciting, intense. It's about a queen. It's very dramatic. And then we find Ruth, It's very, it's a normal, it's like a behind the scenes look at somebody's daily life. And I love that because it's just so relatable. And you know, we see God powerfully at work behind the scenes in Ruth's life. Even though it's a very normal story, God is still very much there working in her life. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. For this day, thank you for each and everyone here, Lord God, that we can come and learn more about you. Lord God, we pray that we would come with hearts wide open. Lord God, that we would lean into everything it is that you have for us today. Let us not miss it. Lord God, we pray, God, that you would just change us in this place, that we would grasp hold of what it is. You want us to hear, Lord God. Inspire us, challenge us, draw us closer into your presence, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, so as I was leading up to this series, thinking on influence, I was thinking when I was younger, I used to think, I don't know if any, uh, anyone else here thinks this, but I used to think, what if someone older and wiser just wrote out an entire manual and handed it to me? You know, every step-by-step thing, and not to make mistakes, but everything that they have been through and just give it to me. Wouldn't that be incredible? Anyone else wish they could have one of those? It would be, no, nobody else. Well, I would think that would be pretty, pretty incredible to have that step-by-step practical steps that you can take, but Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You know, we do have the Bible, and that's our guide to life, but we make our own choices, right? And, you know, we're all on such different journeys. And while we can't control others, we can have godly influence on them. And, you know, Ruth's story is one of such incredible influence, both on Naomi, her mother in law, and on history. And so we're looking at the book of Ruth, and so we start out with Ruth, Ruth, Naomi, and Orpah, that's her sister-in-law. Now, Naomi has lost her husband and her two sons, and they're returning back to their land in Bethlehem. And we find the story, we pick it up as they're returning back, so the three women are returning back to Bethlehem. They've lost everything. And we'll pick it up at, uh, so Ruth 1, 8 to 18. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also be a sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now these are two really strong women, right? They were pretty determined. And she said, look, Your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. And I love this so much. Ruth is pouring out her heart. This is so dramatic and the commitment that she shows to Naomi. And then we see Naomi just stops talking to her. That's it, this beautiful pouring out of her heart, and then she just stops speaking to her. But, you know, Naomi saw that commitment in Ruth. She saw it, and she knew she was not going to be moved, that she was committed to staying with her. So our influence, looking at this story, our influence needs to start with surrender. You know, Naomi was pretty insistent. She was pretty forceful to try and get Ruth to leave, but Ruth wasn't budging. She knew exactly what she needed to do, and she surrendered her entire life for Naomi's sake. She gave away what could have been an incredible life for her back in her homeland as Naomi was trying to convince her that this was going to be much better for her. Go back to your own land, your own family, But Ruth knew better. And, you know, it was the done thing. She should have gone back. As a young widow, she should have gone back to her family. And going to a foreign land would have had a stigma attached to it for Ruth. But, you know, she chose loyalty against all odds. Not knowing what was in store for her, but she remained faithful through the hard times. You know, even when things didn't actually look promising for Ruth, she remained faithful to Naomi. You know, isn't that so true for us? That when things don't look promising, we must also remain faithful to God? You know, it's in the struggle, in the difficult times, that it's really hard to give up our surrender. You know, when we're going through hard times, we want to take it into our own hands and say, no, I'm going to sort this out. I need to do this in my own strength. But, you know, God has a plan for our difficult seasons. As we surrender up our will, he has a plan to work that for good. And, you know, I've learned that surrender is a daily choosing to align our will with his. It's not a one-off thing. It's not I surrender and that's it. You need to choose on a daily basis, align our will with what God wants for us. But, you know, it hasn't always been that easy. I have been a fighter in my life. You know, I know I don't look quite much of one, but I fought when I was younger. I knew God had a call on my life, but in my mind, it didn't make sense to me. I thought, how could I possibly fulfill what it is you are calling me? I'm not right. I, I don't have the words. I don't have the amazing You know, like my husband, and I would fight it, and I'd say, "No, that's not me. That's not for me. I just, I can't possibly do that." And you know, I would have so many words over my life that were in agreement with this, and yet still, even when I got those words over me, I I was a teenager at this point. I had a word spoken over to me, and I'm like looking around. It's got to be for the person next to me because I just couldn't grasp it, that was God speaking to me, even though I already knew that this word was confirming exactly what I knew, yet I fought. And don't we tend to do that, yeah? Yeah. And so in this time, I was really encouraged by the story of Moses. Yeah, we all know the story of Moses. You know, he was standing at the burning bush. Okay, this bush was burning, but it wasn't actually burning up, it was on fire, and God's voice was speaking from that bush. And you know, even with God's power right there at work in front of him, he still questioned his ability to do what God was calling him to do. And God had a huge call on Moses' life, right? Huge call. Yet he questioned and he fought and he fought and he fought. And even with God's power right there, his voice speaking to him from within that bush, he still questioned his ability. And then, you know, there's a verse and it says, as Moses was fighting, fighting back, no God, I can't do this. God speaks to him and he says, Moses, who gave humans their mouth? And I just remember that hitting me that really struck me, who gave humans their mouth? It's God, he gave us everything, we are his. He's the one that's gonna put those words there in Moses' mouth, he's the one that's gonna do it. So why do we fight? So I remember thinking, okay God, you've got this. I know you're speaking to me, it's time I need to surrender. And so I choose daily. As I said, it's not a one-off thing. Okay, I've surrendered. Back then, I realized it's a daily choice to surrender my will up. And you know that alignment of our will with his only comes through the Holy Spirit. We can't do that by our own will, by our own strength, because that's gonna last one day, and then it will be over. But through the Holy Spirit, we can choose to align our will with his, and he will keep us strong. So as we surrender to God, we start to see what God sees in other people. Because, you know, if our influence was based on what we wanted to change in people, I think that could be pretty dangerous, yeah? If we were let loose on someone to try and change them, what we thought needed influencing, needed changing. But as we surrender to him, he gives us new eyes to see what it is in others' that he wants us to influence for him. And you know, we may wonder how we could possibly be of any influence if we're going through a difficult season. How can we possibly influence for good if we, in ourselves, are struggling? Just like how Ruth did. She was in a difficult season, but she made a choice, and she became an incredible influence. So in the surrender, we begin to see with new eyes and, you know, it's not actually that situation that is the struggle and the problem. It's how we see it. And if we can see that through God's eyes, we know that he will work it for good, no matter what it is we are going through. Just like Jeremiah 10:23, "O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. So if we're in a hard season, know that God will work it for good. And, you know, it's in the surrender we find rest from that struggle, from that fight. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so if godly influence, if it begins in surrender, aligning our will with his, then the surrender requires action. And that action is our obedience. And that brings me to our second point, which is serve. We must serve God, but be doers of the word, not only hearers, James one twenty two. So we must reflect his character through obedience and our serving, and that's when it brings him glory. You know, Ruth reflected God's character in the surrender of her own life. She fully served Naomi. She did all that Naomi asked her to do, you know, even when those requests got pretty difficult and some of them were actually quite awkward. If you guys know the story well, some of those requests got really, really awkward, but Ruth completely surrendered, completely served Naomi. She was completely selfless in it. And, you know, just like Ruth, how... You know, you can only imagine what she was thinking when Naomi said to go and do the things she asked her to do, which we'll look at next week. But, you know, it doesn't always make sense in our minds, right? It doesn't. But we can trust that God has a better plan for us than what we know in our own minds. So we need to choose to obey and serve God despite the hard times, and we do receive a blessing in that And you know, I've had to choose the hard road many times. You know, in moving away, I've moved twice away from everything I know and everyone I know because of the call of God on our lives. We made that choice to move, to leave everything. We had, you know, babies, young children. We had a really, really good support system. And because of God's call on our life, we knew that strong, there was a call to move. And we made that choice to leave that behind, even though it looked great, it looked supportive, it looked like what we needed. We had to make that choice and say, God, you know better. You know better. I'm going to choose your path, what you want me to do. And, you know, when we went to Christchurch, I couldn't possibly see what was in the depths of Christchurch for us. But that place became an incredible blessing in a really surprising way. And then coming here, initially coming here, it looked like it was going to be the hard road. But I have to say that this has been incredible blessings here. And it's such a joy to serve in this house, to serve you all. And I can't believe that I get to do this. It's just, it's such a joy. And, you know, looking ahead, I'm so excited. I'm really expectant for all that God has for us. And I believe you too will really get that in your spirit. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about God and people. Amen? So in serving God, just like Ruth, we need to make that choice. Laying down the old looks good in our eyes, lay it down because it's not what God's calling us to. And look up, look ahead to the new. Step into that new, even though it may be scary, we step into it because we are serving him. And in that serving him, we glorify him. And you know that serving is about our heart attitude. It's not about what place we can get for ourselves, how good we can look. But when we are faithful to serve him in the small, you know, it's not seeking what it will do for us because Ruth put it all aside. You know, as we pour our lives out as a living sacrifice, he will pour into us and he will refresh us and give us everything we need to serve him, even when it looks like in our own strength we can't do it. He will give us everything we need And, you know, because Ruth served with humility, she influenced history in an incredible way. So for those of you who know the story, she gave birth to Obed, and Obed became King David's grandfather. And then we know Jesus is in the line of King David. What an incredible influence on history that is, just from one small step one small choice she made, I'm sticking with my mother-in-law. I'm going to be faithful, I surrender my life, which could have been amazing. I surrender it to you. I'm going to serve you fully and the incredible influence on history. Just like in John 12:26, it says, "My father will honor the one who serves me." Amen." And so that brings us to our third point, which is step into your sphere of influence. Okay, so we all have a sphere of influence, right? It's your people, your friends, your colleagues, the people you lead right here in church. We all have a circle of influence. But have we fully stepped into that or are we just cruising along in that circle? Not really giving much, but just cruising along. You know, as Ruth, she fully stepped into Naomi's world. She said, Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. She made that choice and she fully stepped in. And she was present and active within that circle. She didn't sit in sadness. You know, she had lost her husband. She didn't sit in that sadness. But she chose to use what she had. And she had loyalty and she had availability. And as we've seen, that's influenced history incredibly. And, you know, God has planted you in this place for a reason. There's a purpose in your position right here, right now. If we see the sphere of influence around us with God's eyes, we will see that potential in those people around us. You know, because God uses the people that he's assigned to our lives to urge you into that full potential. You know, because a lot of the time we say, God use me, God change me. And yes, he will, but he has assigned people into your circle to help you, to urge you on into that full potential that he knows is within you. And, you know, we all know that we carry that potential to bring out the very best in people or the very worst in people, right? And this got me thinking about a recent trip that we went on. And a few of you know this story. So it was over summer and we decided to go camping, or I should say my children decided to go camping and I went along with them. No, so my kids, they have been asking for a long time, please, let's go camping. It's going to be such an adventure. It's going to be so much fun. And I've always avoided it this far until last January. And so here's some photos of us on our camping trip. These the kids fast asleep, the best time of the day. But so anyway, so I decided, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it for the kids. They're desperate, they want an adventure, they want to sleep in a tent. Who knows why, but that's what they wanted, so I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be a good mother, I'm going to do this for them. And you know, before I left, I told a few people, oh, we're going camping, never, you know, I haven't been in a long time, and a few people said to me, oh, you don't look like the camping sort at all. At least three people said that to me, I don't know why, what does a camping sort look like? Don't know. (laughs) But, you know, at the time, I was like, I was so indignant. I was like, I've grown up going camping. I went camping all my life. I know exactly what I'm doing. By the time I got back, I was completely eating my words. This was so, so difficult. Completely different taking children camping to being a child going camping. So different. Dust everywhere my nails were like black the whole time dust all over my face every night got in bed checking for bugs in my sleeping bag you know dusting out the sleeping bag that was hard going you guys feeling my pain here (laughs) it was hard and I remember when we arrived to set up our tent it was beautiful absolutely beautiful right on the beach amazing day just perfect The minute we stepped out of that car, the wind picked up the entire tent. Peter and I were holding it. The entire tent flew way up in the air. And the kids are like leaping, trying to pull it down. And we're like holding it down, trying to get it down. we're like, oh, we're just like a traveling circus here. Everyone's like watching us. And, you know, it wasn't all that bad. It was hard for me. It wasn't all that bad. And I do see it as a blessing to be able to go on a trip like this. And who knows, maybe I will go back again. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Don't hold me to that. But, you know, I realized after this trip that I have a huge potential for good or bad. I could have created incredible memories for these kids and for my husband. Or it could have been real disaster because of how I influence them and my choices that I make and the words that I say. It went well. It was great, (laughs) apart from the bugs and the dust. (laughs) But, you know, are you viewing others with God's eyes? And can you see that potential in them that he wants to bring out, realizing that he's going to use you to bring that out? So we all have something unique within us that God has given us that we can use to bring that potential out in others. And, you know, today, as we honour mums, I got thinking about how mothers, especially my own mother, (laughs) would like to bring stories that can be a little embarrassing, you know, and they love to share stories about when we were young and how we would influence the family dynamics. And, you know, a lot of this has got to do with our birth order, and I really find this fascinating, you know? The birth order actually affects how we influence our place in the family, but also those outside of the family. So so I've got this picture here, okay. So we've got our firstborns. Amazing firstborns, yeah? Any firstborn perfectionists here? Firstborns? Oh yeah, we've got a few. (laughs) So firstborns, responsible, motivated, perfectionist, achiever, leader, bossy. Yeah, Yeah, is that you firstborns? Yeah? (laughs) I know the firstborn in our family, I wouldn't say she was very typical like this, but I remember a time where She would like everything to be perfect and in place. So we shared a room growing up, and I was the creative one, messy. And so she would put a, literally draw a line down the middle of the room, shove all my stuff over to the other side of the room. That was my side, and that was her immaculate, perfectly kept side. So typical, firstborn in that way, perfectionist. And then we come to our middleborns, the perfect middleborns. All the middleborns, that's me, middleborn or second. Anyone else? Perfect, yes, thank you. <laughs> so peacemaker. In the middle, we've had to sort out a lot because we're right there between the eldest and the youngest. We're the peacemaker, right? Yeah? Yeah. And then our wild child, last born, last born, youngest, got the youngest. Oh, we got a few youngest. (laughs) Uh, So I think of Leo. I mean, he is the most typical youngest child. So our youngest kids usually are entertainers, right? And Leo, he's got it down. He's absolutely got it down, this entertainment thing. You know, I love how he looks at people and he he will talk to adults really confidently. He asks them questions and he has this really serious face and he'll ask him a question that he knows is going to get an incredible answer. It's really cheeky, but he has a very serious face and he asks him, and he just stands and waits for that response. I love it. It's just such a typical youngest child. And then our only child, any only child? Yeah, we have a few. You guys have a really special place as well. You know, the influence on your parents is huge. So just like how we all have a place within our family, whether we're the eldest, the youngest, the perfect middle child, or the only child, you know, we all have a place, right? And that's how we influence either up or down. We influence those around us. And so God has also given us a place in his family. And we have something unique that he's given us in his family and to give in to his family as well. So what is it that you have? You know, we see Ruth. She had a real strong sense of responsibility, loyalty and devotion. And then we see David, you know, up against Goliath, the biggest battle of his life. And at that time, as he was preparing for the battle, he was offered Saul's armor. He said, You need to wear this armor. But David rejected that unfamiliar armor, knowing that what God had taken him through up to this point was going to be enough to get him through. And exactly what he needed to get him through this battle. We see Joseph, he had favor, favor from his father. And you know, his brothers hated him for it. But he chose not to be afraid of them. He chose to stick with that he was different. And he walked in that favor that his father placed on him. And then we all know the story of the incredible influence he had in really high places. And you know, the Bible is filled with people that have had something small, but when they gave it to God, he increased it because they were faithful in the small. And you know how you and I influence is going to be very different. We're all created differently. We all have something unique, something special. And, you know, it may not look like much in your eyes, but God knows exactly what he's doing. He's given it to you for a reason. And so I want to ask you, if you stood at the end of your life and you look back, how has your life affected others around you? I find this really challenging to think, how would my life have affected those around me? You know, our greatest influence, it has to be on those who don't know him. You know, our faith, it moves from generation to the next. And I was recently looking at the census, and it says that Christianity, it was at 49%, and The recent census, it's now dropped to one third. And if you look at the graph, it's a steady decline. It's just very steadily going down. And, you know, this doesn't discourage me. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, the world is in a desperate place, but it doesn't discourage me. It encourages me. It spurs me on that the world need God more than ever, need him more than ever. So let's not drop the faith. Let's choose to carry it on to our kids, to our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, the younger generation. Let's carry the faith on. We all have to play our part in that. You know, we need to ask God to break my heart for what breaks yours. Do we truly have a heart for the lost Because when we have a heart for the lost, our influence will just come naturally. It will come from him. We will desire it. We will long to see people saved. And, you know, in Romans, we see Paul. He was in absolute anguish about the lost. And, you know, can we pray, break my heart, God, for those lost, for what breaks your heart, And you know, the story of Ruth, as I said, very normal story, but incredible influence. And it, it shows us how we too can have an incredible influence, even if our story, it seems normal, it seems small, we too can have influence on those around us. And you know, our vision statements raise and empower a generation who changed the world for Christ. And, you know, this can seem like a big statement, right? Change my world? How am I going to change my world when all I have is a small little thing to give? But, you know, when we put this vision statement forward as the leaders, we didn't put it there to just completely make it hard for you, you know? That's not what it's about. It's about influencing those in our sphere, in our circle, You can change the world through those people around you that are within your circle. And, you know, I just imagine how we would look, how our church would look if we all chose one younger person to pour our lives into to really influence. How would we look? I think we would look incredible. And, you know, recently while Peter's been away, I've been incredibly invested into. And, you know, I want to say a huge thank you to all of those people who have really helped me. You know, when I've been on my own with the kids, it's been an incredibly hard time. But I want to say a huge thank you. You have influenced me. You have no idea how, but you have really impacted me. So thank you so much. So if we could have the worship team... Come up. I think we will have razor hallelujah. So I want us all. Let's pray together. You know this. This is a call to influence the world around us. To think of those in your circle who don't know him and they desperately need him. They just they don't know it yet. Are you willing to take that stand, not being embarrassed? but take the stand for Christ. So I want us to pray together and I want us to stand and believe that we can have influence around us. And, you know, I just really feel there's people here that are standing in the gap right now. They're standing in the gap for a family member who doesn't know Christ and... I would love us to pray for you, first of all. So I'd love to pray for those who are standing in the gap, believing for a family member to come to God. And I also want to pray for those who really want their influence grown. Maybe you feel you haven't yet had that opportunity, but you want to grow your influence in your circle of friends, in your sphere of influence. And for those who are crying out, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. You want a heart for the lost. Maybe you don't have that yet, but God can give that to you, a heart for the lost, those who are going to perish. And let's pray and believe together that God will give us a heart for the lost.